0: Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where the past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. It's on my heart to share with you something. Simply titled God at His Best. We all we all agree God's good, don't we? He's good. But when was he at his best? I in high school I ran cross country. I had no business running cross country, I was just too big. I think I scared people when I ran. I'd surprise you, the other day I went out to run and I ran for about two minutes and I remember I forgot something. I forgot I can't run anymore. (laughs) I went back to the house. And. I was I was never good at it. I was okay, but I was never good at it. But there was there was a moment, and this may seem strange to you, but it's it's one of the moments. If I get in heaven, I feel the need to ask. I'm going to ask. There was a moment in practice, and it was two thirds of the way through the season. There, there was a moment in practice that we ran our home course, preparing for a meet, and. Our coach told us to go, and we took off. And I don't, I don't know what happened. I, I felt 100 pounds lighter. It seemed like every step I took, it was half again as long as what they normally are. And we, we had two guys on our team that, that finished in state finals. So we had two guys on our team that were really good. They made up for us, those of us that weren't any good. And, and we took off in that one timed practice, and I just felt like I could fly. And I, I didn't have the usual, you know, sucking air thing going on. And, and I, just, I just, man, I just went, I felt like I could fly. It was, it was surreal to me. And I, I remember crossing the finish line way ahead of everybody else. And Everybody come running up, and they had this look on their face. And and the coach said to me, where, where did that come from? I said, dude, I don't know. He said, if this was a regular meet, you would have set a course record by almost 20 seconds. I never did it again. It just, it was for a moment. It was the best I ever did. I want to ask God, why couldn't I have run like that all the time? When was God at his best? John 1 and 3 says this. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Would you stretch your hands this way and pray with me and for me? Father, I... I long ago gave up trying to tell you what we should talk about on Sunday morning. I ask you to direct my heart and for, for reasons known to you, you've directed them, directed my heart here. And so I thank you, God, that I can stand on this promise. Your word will not return void. It will accomplish that which you have sent it to do. The Holy Spirit, I just I just bow before you. I recognize you as the real minister here this morning the real teacher, the real preacher and I just release you to do what you do so well not only speak through me but speak to me Amen When was God at his best? Could have been in Genesis 1 and 1 where it says God Created the heavens. Could that have been when he was at his best? Anybody else in there ever just fascinated by looking up at the stars? Anybody like me, you if you look too long, you start getting freaky in the head. How many? You gotta quit looking because you you and, and our minds are constructed in such a way that, that we, have, we do not have the capacity to engage endlessness any more than we have the capacity to think outside of the framework of time. We just don't have that capacity. And so when we look up there, if you're not careful, you're, you begin to think of the vastness of it. And we look at those stars and all of them have been placed there by God and you want to see some, some incredible photographs, the Hubble telescope. They have finally got that thing fine-tuned and just right and it is feeding back images from far out in space. Incredible, incredible images. And God made all that. When you, when you think of uh, the star that when you go out at night and you look at it and you see that light and And it's even possible that star doesn't even exist anymore. That light is reaching us after traveling for sometimes 10, 15, 20 million years. At the speed of 186,000 miles per second, that light left that star and headed to our planet. And when you and I step out tonight, that light, that beam of light is actually millions of years old, traveling at 186,000 miles per second to get to us. And we see it. I forget how many thousands of planet Earths will go into the sun. And yet as stars go, our sun's pretty small. Small. There are thousands of our sun that can put it, that science says can be put into the largest star that we know of. Isn't that crazy? And it just goes, and it just goes, and the vastness of it. And, and in our mind, our mind wants to think there's an end to it somewhere. But then the question begs, what's on the other side of the end of it? If it does end, okay, but what's on the other side of the end? And... The reality is, I'm already starting to go crazy. i got to move on. Because I, I, I can't wrap myself around that, the vastness of it and how, how the planets. And we had an event happen here just a few weeks ago. You'd, I'm surprised that the major media didn't, didn't say much about it. We actually had a meteor the size of a bus Travel between the moon and the earth as it went by here. It came out of nowhere. We didn't even see it coming. Just all of a sudden, it's gone. If it would have hit us, it says it would have wiped out any major city that it hit. It just drove by like the magic school bus. We think that space is silent, but they've recorded the sound of space. Constantly listening and trying to decipher what made that noise and where did that come from? There are places in space they call black holes that seem to be sucking stars into it. I got to move on, but the space, the stars. The Bible says that the heavens declare the glory of God. Man, you just—we go to Ludington, Michigan. We, we 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 typically will take one evening where we go out to the seashore, the shore of Lake Michigan. We we'll, we we'll try to catch the stars because you have less light pollution up there, so there's more stars, and you invariably see more. Where was God at his best when he made the Earth? I don't know about you, but this is a cool planet. Anybody in anybody here love to travel, see new things? Oh, man. Up in an airplane, down in a submarine, on the water, walking. The beauty of this planet is just, just incredible. I'm not a tree hugger, but I think we ought to take care of this gift that God gave us. I think we ought to use the resources wisely. I think we ought to be good stewards over it. And what he's made is beautiful and so diverse. Yesterday I, I meant to throw the picture into the group but I forgot to. Yesterday I was I was reading something and showed the silliest hat it's called the happiest animal on earth. And, and there were pictures of it. I showed it to, to JJ and to Aaron and of this animal, and he, he, it looked, like, he looked like a clown. It's like a koala bear with a, with a smile that won't go away. And, and it had some funny name, and I, I thought, that, that's not a real animal. I mean, I'm 61 years old. i never seen that. How could it be the happiest animal on earth? And I didn't even know it existed. And I thought it was a joke, and I looked it up, and it really does exist. It's got that stupid grin on its face all the time. But this planet, the beauty of it, you you travel up north. I've been blessed to be up in Canada and just the the vastness and the beauty. Down into Central America and the the beauty of the hills out in the Caribbean and the water is really as blue as you see in the pictures. It, It really does look like that. I've got a scuba diver's license to, to go down into the depths of water and, and see all the beauty of that. And God made that. It said that we've we've only explored a, a single digit percentage of the of the of the oceans. So we're living on a planet that most of it we haven't even explored. There are there are lots of places where people have never gone and some would say that's when God was at his best when he made this earth but I don't, I don't think so the heavens are incredible and this earth that he made is beautiful but I don't think that's when God was at his best maybe God was at his best when he made man When he reached down into the dust of this earth, and out of that dust he formed a human being, and and then quickly deduced that it wasn't good that this man be alone, and and so out of the man he made a woman. Some would argue that the God's greatest moment in history was when he made man and woman. And this, our bodies are, are, it's just it's just an incredible machine. If you think about it, it's got the best computer still, and it's. Well, for some, it has the best computer still. Some of ours are in constant rebooting mode. Okay, but we can't all be Ira. Okay, some of us have to be just constantly rebooting. Uh, God blessed us with our first child, and I was all for natural feeding so that that meant I couldn't do anything <laughs> oh yeah natural is the way to go baby <laughs> it renders me useless in that department and she said no no I can I can make sure to keep some stored away in case and while those moments came our son Gabriel woke up at wee hours of the morning and he was a colicky baby, so she was wore out and beat. And I, I stepped in, and I warmed the bottle. And I remember sitting down in his room. And uh, he, he was less than a month old. And taking that bottle and putting it to his mouth. And I didn't have to turn the light on. The, the moonlight coming into the room lit it enough I could do what I needed to do. And, and I began to feed him. And he put his little hand up. And it wrapped around my pinky finger. And I'm looking at his perfect little fingers. Wow, God. And that he let me play a role in that. You think about the diversity. I know, I know we live in a very negative time, but I want to tell you there's still far more good people in this world than there is bad. There's far more kindness than there is meanness. There's still more goodness. You have to look harder, but it's, it's still there. And people's incredible intelligence and incredible giftedness. It's been said and it's true that the most difficult but beautiful instrument that you play is the human voice. I, I love to watch America's Got Talent, except occasionally they put something stupid on there. But uh, I'm, I'm overwhelmed at the abilities that God has given people. Little girls, eight or nine years old, get up and sing opera that just gives you chill bumps. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Gives you chill bumps and people with just incredible abilities. Wow. Did God make something cool? And if we just reasonably take care of it, the thing lasts a while. Some would say that's when God was at his best. I don't think so. Some would say when God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. Several million people free And the things that he did to bring about their freedom. And then march them out into a desert with no food or water available. And to make manna fall from heaven and feed them. To make water come out of a rock. When they needed healing, they just had to look at a stick with a serpent wrapped around it. Lift it up to the heavens and and their eyes would hit that and they were healed. The Bible says that their clothes didn't wear out. Several million whining, complaining people, and yet he brought them out. And when they came to the Red Sea and the Pharaoh's army was behind them, made the water step aside as they marched through on dry land. Some would say that's when God was at his best. And that we, we, we've tried to make movies, but the movies don't do it justice. But I don't think that's when God was at his best. Some would say when God took a little David and put him in a valley against a big giant, a little boy against this huge giant, and used that little kid. I mean, we all, we, we all love that story, how God used a nobody. Nobody. And when we read that story, most of us see ourselves as David. Nobody says, man, I want to be a Goliath. It's the nobody being used of God's story that we love. Some would say that's when God was at his best. I don't think so. You know when God may have been at his best? When he took his only begotten son... Sent him to this planet. I would have done it different. I'm just going to be honest with you. His only begotten son, his much loved son, he took him from his side and he placed him in a barn. No, see would I, I, I would have done it different. Man, there would' have been an announcement written across the heavens. I'd have had an angels blowing trumpets. I'd have made sure everybody in this planet knew this is my son. I'm sending him to you. Don't mess this up. I'm a patient and kind man, but don't mess with people that I love. Can anybody else relate to that? I've got I to slow down when that happens because the ugly side of me starts to want to come out. I'm not sure I could have taken my son and put him on this planet in a manger. Not when there's palaces available. I'd handle that differently. Anybody else? That shows a side of God that I I can't relate to. But that's probably not when God was at his best. Maybe, Maybe God was at his best at the cross. When an entire city voted For his only begotten son to die. Knowing how full of sin we have been, and how full of sin we were, and how full of sin we were going to be, and my son has to die for that. I love you people, but you're all going to hell if that's what it's going to take. How many know what I'm talking about? There's no way. There's no way. There's absolutely no way my son's going to go through that because of what you did wrong. This is the side of God that I, 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 I struggle to relate to because I think I'm a loving person, but I don't see myself... Come on, don't look at me like that. Anybody want to jump up and say, here, take my kid. Not me. And yet he did that. And all the sins of mankind from Adam until the last moment on this earth was placed on the sun and he died for those sins was that God's greatest moment? without that moment we're not saved is that his greatest moment? no because there's been other people that have died somebody else and there are lots of footsteps that go into the grave we need something more was God at his greatest when he came out of the grave was that the greatest thing that God ever did was raised Jesus from the dead was that moment the moment where we could hang our hat and say that's when God was his greatest That he showed himself supreme over death, hell, and the grave. When he showed that he was the greatest force in the universe, was that when God was at his greatest? Uh, Let's face it, folks. There's no argument here. That was a great moment. Okay? That was an unbelievable great moment. Because if the footsteps only go into the grave, but they don't come out, We're all still dead in our trespasses and sin. But on Sunday morning, the footsteps come out of the grave. And God showed himself as good to his word, that he does have the power of death and on the grave. And he gave that to Jesus. And you could argue that that was God's greatest moment. But I don't think so. I think there's one more. Because you see, I, I I can't relate to a God who flings universes off his tongue. I I can't relate to that. I, I I can't relate to a God who is able to form life out of dirt. I have a hard time just getting the weeds to go away. I I, I I can't relate to I can't relate to David in the valley. I don't I I think I'm a brave man. I'm not sure I'm brave enough to have done that. I'm not I can't relate to a God who would send his son to this planet. I I can't get my head around that. I can't get my head around a God who would kill his son for me and you. I can't get my head around a God who is able to raise somebody from the dead. i tell you when God was at his greatest. It was none of those times. God was at his greatest. When this 23-year-old young man walked into the back doors of a Baptist church in Sharon Center, Ohio. And service started, and I was just so sick of life. I just, I just, I was just, I wanted to run away and and not even know where I'm running to not care. If I wasn't such a chicken, I would have killed myself, being honest with you. I didn't know what that held, so I didn't, I didn't, but I I wished I could have. And it almost seemed surreal that the service is going on and I'm sitting there thinking, God, I don't even know what I'm doing here. And the the fact that I'm talking to God didn't even hit me, the irony of that, till after I got saved. I said, I hate life, God. I hate everything about life. I, I, I hate that I was born. I wish I wished I'd have never been born. I wish it's not working. It's just not... I said, worst God? I'm, I'm, I'm stuck here in this room full of people. And they don't know you. I said, God, if that preacher, he says he hears from you, he wouldn't know you if you'd run up and slapped him across the face. I said, God, if he knew you, you could tell him just stop preaching right now. And he'd do that. I'm caught in the midst of this conversation with God, and all of a sudden I notice it's quiet. Our little Baptist preacher at that time, Pastor Don and he'd remind you of a bantam chicken. He was small and wiry and energetic, and his hair stood up in the back like alfalfa. And he did the... the and it, it flopped, you know? And he he he... The only good part about watching him was you thought any moment now he's about to die, <laughs> you know, that that kind of preaching going on. I thought, he's going to die. He's gonna, no, this one, that's his last breath. No, he's got another one. And the room went quiet. And it pulled me out of my personal conversation. And I remember looking at him and he was standing in his pulpit, and he looked across the congregation and he said, Folks, I know I'm not done with my message, but the Holy Spirit just told me to stop. I'm like, and you stop that right now, too. And I thought maybe that's something they do a lot here. I'd only been there maybe a dozen times. I said, God, did you just do that? God, if that was you, have him get everybody up on the platform with him. When does that ever happen? I'm going to be honest with you. I knew God knew the desperation of that moment. But I already started to feel like a cornered rat. And I was no longer, I'm being honest with you, I was no longer testing God. I was trying to put God in a position where he couldn't come through so I could hang my hat on, there is no God, and he doesn't listen. And I said, if that, that, that preacher hears you, you could have him tell everybody to come up onto the platform. I saw him look around for a moment, and he said, Saints, don't ask me any questions. I want all the saints on the platform right now. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. And so there was a crowd there that night about what we see here in Everybody who was a believer went up on the platform and that left two or three of us standing back there. And now my heart is beating out of my chest because how can you deny? How can you? And I said, God, if, if, if I'm supposed to get saved, have somebody else go up first. What a chicken. In that moment, some young man over the other side of the building, just he just started crying. He went running down the side of the church to the altar. Here's my God's honest thought. Oh, you sissy. I was holding out. Why couldn't you hold out? I'm just being real and raw with you. At the same time, I feel something pulling at me. And I want it out, David. I want it out of there. I wanted to put God in a position because you know how smart I am. I cannot with him. I wanted to put God in a position where he couldn't answer the prayer because he's answered every thought of my heart so far. And so I quickly looked around the room and I had him. So I said, God, if somebody... In this room tonight, that I know and trust will come back and ask me if I want to go pray. I'll go pray. It was a trick because there's only two people in the building that fit that description one was Gail Bath, and I knew she wouldn't come back. You'd have to know me before I was saved. And she would tell you there was no way she would have come back. She might have, got it told her, no, you didn't. I wasn't somebody you messed with. She was not going to be coming back. And the other guy was a guy named Charles. Charles would kind of remind you of Jeff. Charles had been, he was, you know, kind of to himself and a humble man, but very kind. And he'd been nice to me. He had engaged me and he had talked to me. But before I said that prayer, I made sure Charles wasn't there. So I'm in good shape. I've cornered God. He thought he was going to corner me. I got him. Saints are on the platform. Pastor has them praying. There's just two or three of us standing back there, and I'm gloating. I'm thinking, I got this. I got this. And it was a little shotgun church, half the size of this building. And I hear the back doors of the church open, and they close. And I see a little guy scooting up alongside the wall. It's Brother Charles, and he always sat in this front corner, and he he took his coat off, and he's looking around like, what's going on? And then he, he scurried up onto the platform. And I'm watching him like, whoa, 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 whoa. wait a minute. You tricked me. And I'll never forget as long as I live. I'll never forget little Charles. He knelt down and he, he just began to pray. And then he hadn't prayed 15 seconds. And he went like this and looked straight back at me. And he came up to me. You want to know when God was at his best? When he came up to me and Charles. Charles' words were, Mike, don't get mad at me. Don't hit me. But I feel like I'm supposed to ask you if you want to pray. And I I, I make my way to that, that altar and I said, God, and the God that flung the stars, the God that took the children of Israel out of Egypt, the God that put David in the valley, the God that put Jesus in the, in the, in the manger, the God that put him on the cross, the God that took him out of the tomb, was the God that met me. And it was personal. Personal. I didn't have to have somebody tell me something profound just happened in your life. I didn't need a preacher to give me a certificate. I didn't need somebody to say, You just engaged God. He came to me. And in that moment, I knew that by simply asking God to forgive me, I was forgiven. God, make me your own. He made me his own in that moment. I'm going to tell you, that's when God was at his greatest. And he wants that moment with everybody. And until you have that moment with him, you'll never know how great God is. Until you give up on Yourself and begin to trust Him. Would you stand to your feet this morning? That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast. Through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.